0: Welcome to the Brilliant Disciple Makers podcast with John Pierce. Pastor John is the senior minister of C3 Powerhouse and the executive director of C3 Church Global. Disciples aren't born, disciples are made, and here at C3 Powerhouse, we are passionate about raising up brilliant disciple makers. Join the conversation today with Pastor John and Dan Frecker, our Melbourne East location pastor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Brilliant Disciple Makers podcast with John Pierce. We're glad to have you on. And just before we get into it today, I just would love to ask you wherever you consume uh, this content, we would love to hear your feedback. Please leave us a review and why not share this episode with a friend as we all get that little bit better at making disciples. And as always, I'm joined with Pastor John. How are you today?
1: Doing great, Dan. Great to be with you and uh, welcome to all of our listeners. Hearing excellent feedback and yes. that this is helping people in their leadership. I got a message the other day from someone who just said that's exactly what I needed to hear for my leadership today. So wow. fantastic. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Dan Frecker is our C3 Powerhouse Melbourne East location pastor, and he is a brilliant disciple maker. So, Thank you. Loving this, loving this Dan. We've covered a whole lot of territory. We're aiming yeah. to do a year's worth of content. Probably won't keep going, but that'll be a resource for the future. We've mm. covered everything from uh, walking along beside people and and just the, the privilege of going on the journey with people to help them to be brilliant disciples. Yeah. Uh, we've covered how to develop leaders so that we can multiply the effectiveness and uh, we're going to circle into some new territory today.
0: We are, and on one of our previous episodes, we talked about the importance as a disciple-maker of leading people into community, and so we thought today we would do a, a deep dive into all things small groups and get quite practical, and so Pastor John, I thought a great place to start would be, just love to ask you, why do you think meeting in smaller groups is as important as, as meeting in Sundays or in larger groups?
1: Yeah, a really good question, Dan. Always, and, you know, I love in this this um, podcast to start with a biblical foundation and yeah. then to bring it into practical. So obviously the, Jesus is the model for all that we do is, as disciple makers and the early church set the pattern for how we should be. So Great. Jesus, he, he obviously ministered to ones. He, he preached and ministered to crowds and he mm. also had some very intimate connection moments with his disciples. So I like to think of it like this, two of the most powerful dialogues or sermons, if you like, mm. of Christ. One is the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus... Uh, the Beatitudes, a kingdom yes. manifesto. How do we how does the kingdom of earth, a kingdom of heaven, manifest on earth? What does it look like? And he so he over recorded in Matthew a number of chapters from Matthew 5 is this whole message of how we should be um, followers of Christ yeah. ultimately. So that's that's preaching. And Jesus preached and ministered to thousands of people at a time. Yeah. But then at the same time, John chapter 13 through to 17 is this intimate dialogue of Christ to his His closest disciples, Mm. where he's talking about his love for them, how he's completed his assignment. He's breaking down, you know, how he's going to pray for them, what he prays for them, and it's beautiful and intimate. And Mm. I like to see those, the contrast of those two styles, which Jesus used all the way through his ministry, which one is the pulpit. It's preaching. It's right. the it's the the crowd. It's the it's almost like one way dialogue. The preaching of the word of God, mm. and then the other is around a table. And so wh- I, I like to think of the pulpit and the table as two of the most powerful disciple making tools there are. Really? Now the table can be a lounge room coffee table. It can be a dining table. It can be a, a coffee table at a coffee shop. But yep. when you are, some people call it in rows and circles. When you're the pulpit's being used, we're in rows and we're listening and absorbing and it's super important. But when we're around a table, well, there's more dialogue and you can Mm. dive deeper. So the New Testament church, this was their pattern. It says, Acts 2.42, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. So that's the four four things that the early church did. The apostles' teaching, that's that preaching of the word. And then they would obviously discuss it, and they'd have fellowship and pray Mm. and eat meals and celebrate the the Lord's Supper. And then the other one is Acts 5.42. Day after day in the temple courts from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So they met corporately in the temple, and then they met from house to house. So I think Jesus sets the example for why small groups, whether you call it connect groups, whether you call them friendship groups, life groups, dinner parties, whatever yep. you call them. But it's yep. that sense, it's alpha, it's Christian essentials, mm. it's it's leadership development huddles. But those small groups is really where we grow together.
0: Yes. and. I love what you're sharing. There it can be at the around the coffee table, uh, around the dinner table. We probably don't encourage reclining on each other as much anymore. No, I well, don't that know. was that
1: was Jesus' style. <laughs> yeah. They had a, they were like, you know, in Jewish yeah. culture, they had a very low table and they would lean back on one elbow and eat with the other hand and yeah. lean back. And so, I, I feel like some of our guys would go to sleep if they were reclining <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too much. So,
0: <laughs> I think so, but I might try it out. But you know, I, I'd love to encourage all our listeners to maybe reflect on some of your key moments. Moments in your discipleship journey, and I know for me, when I look back, you know, obviously I've had some big encounters with God, whether that's at a Sunday service or a a conference. You know, they've been um, powerful, but I do actually reflect and go, some of my most powerful transformative moments have been around it at a table and for me that's looked like you know being at your house pastor john with around Mm. a table with you and pastor dan and i remember multiple times of crying or just these amazing revelations or you know and i just want to encourage us that what a privilege it is to be uh help facilitate those small groups and and really that's what we want to lean into today Maybe yeah. you're listening, and you lead an Alpha group, you lead a Connect group. You're looking to let's get really practical, Pastor John, to help uh, these people be brilliant disciple makers. And so, the first thing we want to talk about is creating uh, the atmosphere for a group. And so, we'd love to uh, hear your thoughts around that, Pastor John.
1: Yeah, great, Dan. Well, look, atmosphere is everything. Whether it's for Sunday services, whether it's the car park, the foyer, yeah, or whether it's. In a small group setting. So look, let's start by what not to do. I I remember once Danielle and I led a small group and we asked someone else to host it for a season and we made the mistake of not clearly training before they hosted it. So I remember (laughs) rocking up. It started. It uh, started the group at seven thirty. We got there at twenty past seven, and most and people were coming then. Yeah. And you know, we walked in, and the the hosts were watching. I think it was Days of Our Lives, or not Days of Neighbors, or Home uh, and yes. Away, or some Aussie soapy that was Sin on every one. night of the week. <laughs> yep. From seven to seven thirty, <laughs> and I walked in, and the TV's on, and there's no atmosphere. It's kind of like they've just finished dinner, and. I just remember, and and the the host said, "Oh no, we can't miss a home and away, <laughs> like it's on every night. We can't miss it." Um, and I and I thought, "Oh mate, that is that's you, you've you've missed rule number one around <laughs> atmosphere creation." So, so atmosphere creation is really about people walking into a space where they feel like uh, this has been prepared for them. And so, right. some of the the things that are important, lighting's important. Create atmosphere. Yes. Sound is important. Yeah. Visuals are important. Smells are important. Yes. So just yep. this sense that okay, you've given thought to create a welcoming atmosphere. So that's mm. things like the door, the front door light being switched on if it's a yes. nighttime meeting. Uh, that's things like someone greeting people at the door. Mm. Uh, that's things like you know some sort of music playing, whether it's worship music or whether it's just party music, just to yeah. create a vibe. Uh, that sound, well, the the light, so that it's not too bright and overwhelming, but mm. you know it's kind of it's, but there's not it's not so dark and intimate that it's a little freaky. Yes. So you got to think of if I'm coming for the first time into your home, is this mm. going to be a warm, uh, loving, caring environment? Temperatures, another one. So yes. is it if it's overly hot, it, it, is it cooled down? Uh, you know, if it's cold, have you warmed the place up? So the feeling should be when I walk into this room, it's like oh. This is awesome, yes. and that that can be you know you've just got to prethink it. it might be candles are lit, and they've got scented candles, and that, you right. know that can cre- that can create a, a smell or an aroma. Obviously, mm. the house doesn't have to be perfect. Yes. But it needs to be clean. So the, the, the dirty nappies have been empty, thrown away. The bins have been empty. The, yes. kitchen, the, the dishes are done in the kitchen, you know. So it's all of those things just create an inviting atmosphere. So sound, lighting, smell, uh, that, that would be some of the key things, visuals.
0: Yeah. And- some people are natural like this. I know my wife; she just gets this. And yes. hey, I don't. Oh, this wasn't natural for me. And and but something I've done over the years is you can actually create a bit of a checklist. And this might seem overwhelming, right. but for me, I just got dot points. Have I um, checked the toilets clean? Yes. Uh, have I turned the outside light on? And yes. I love what you shared, Pastor John. It's just putting yourself in that first-time visitor's uh, mindset. You know, is there a long dark driveway? And right. as you said, let's let's get someone out there yeah. um, welcoming people. I think that's just genius.
1: Great. And I think that leans itself to when you are leading a small group, and sometimes it can be at church on site or in your home yeah. or someone else's home, you want to do this as a team so that creating an atmosphere is not just the job of the leader, but that there might be a couple of assistants or just some others who you like, Hey, can you meet people at the door with a big smile and make them feel really welcome yeah. or 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 when it comes to food, which we'll talk about in a few moments, maybe you're gonna bring food or maybe you're gonna make cups of tea or, or Milo or hot chocolate or coffee yeah. or whatever it is. So it's not just you, you know, this, this Mary and Martha moment where you're so distracted <laughs> yes. trying to make everyone uh, perfect food that you miss the opportunity to sit together. So yeah, so having a team involved in atmosphere is important.
0: Absolutely. I love it. Well, let's lean into that. So that was atmosphere. The second thing we want to talk about today is hospitality. Yep. And so I'd love to ask you just tips and tricks for that moment where everyone has arrived, the atmosphere uh, it has been set. What what does mm-hmm. this next part of leading a small group uh, facilitating look like?
1: Well, again, so the idea is once a group's been established for a few months and people know each other and they've been vulnerable and they're praying for one another, and we'll talk about that at another episode mm. but but it's a lot easier. People walk in and they know each other and they hug each other. but but really, for the first few months when you're starting a group, and so Alpha, you're doing this continuously. yeah, you've it's got to new. think, okay. How am I going to get people to connect? How am I going to get people to to feel close? And and so sometimes what we need food is just food is the closest distance between two people. Hey, it's the, that's it's, a quote. The, it's the way to the, the way to help people connect. So look, I remember I used to have a bachelor pad. Two of my, two of my mates lived together, and we were running the young adult connect group. Oh no!
0: And yep. so every
1: every <laughs> Wednesday night or whatever it was, the young adults would come, and. Uh, you know the key—the key to that night was the Milo. Right. So yeah, we had a few girls who loved Milo. We had to keep topping up the Milo because they would come, <laughs> they'd heap up five, six, seven teaspoons cold <laughs> milk, and uh, it was more like they were just eating the Milo, and the milk was washing it down. But <laughs> yes. but that that component, that first whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it might be, around food, it's casual conversation, it's not scripted, but people are catching up on how they've been, how's their week, or getting to know one another. So food, now whether it's just tea and coffee or drinks, whether it's soft drinks, whether it's it's actually – the The classic potluck dinner. everybody brings brings bring something, and we you know we all share it together and we actually have a meal. I think that's a great a meal together, even if it's once a term, it's a great thing to do for a small mm. group. but but that that sort of talking over food allows casual conversation yeah. and connection.
0: It does. And I think I love what you're sharing where we have that team mentality. So whether we have assistant group leaders or potentials, I love to say let's just, and it's almost like I'm talking with somebody, but I do have eyes in the back of my head. I'm always wanting to make sure mm-hmm. everyone feels included. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important part of that moment is you're not just talking to one person for 20 minutes, but you're connecting yes. them to someone else and yes. always looking if there's someone by their self, you're just going to go and help um, them feel yes. included.
1: Make the introduction. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I think we, we should talk about that in a moment, Dan, about how to make a good introduction because there's a bad way to do it and a great way to do it. Mm. But I, I remember for those people who have kids at home, I remember as we, we've always hosted small groups in our home and we right. would- include our kids in the process, even if they, let's say the group started at 7.30 and our kids bedtime was eight. So one of our kids would be out in the driveway meeting people and one would be (laughs) at the front door. It's like they were the welcome team. And one of our kids would take Hot drink orders and go and help make it, and so it's sort of integrating. It's not like oh the adults are here, kids away you go. It was Mm. this is fun, and then they'd go to bed, and one of someone who's there might go and pray for them or read them a story that night, and so rather so it's integrating family life and small group or connect life together. So that's that's just something we did, and Mm. so let's jump on that thought around how to make a good introduction. Let's say uh, as the leader, I know everybody in the group. I've sort of learnt their story. So what, what are you thinking, Dan? How am I get, let, let's say, how am I going to introduce someone who could be at church but in the group? What, what, what yeah. are the key things you'd think?
0: Yeah, it's a great thought, and I think I'm I'm probably looking for two key things when I'm meeting somebody, and one's a bit more obvious, which is age and stage of life, so have they got grandchildren, do they have young toddlers, are they a single young adult, Um, and so that would be my first thing my mind would go to, and then the second Mm -hmm. is through asking some questions, I'm trying to find out their hobbies, their career, um, what what their passions and interests are, Um, so a quick example is we uh, ran a group in our home last week, and we had someone who's new to church there, um, only been to two Sundays first time. And I just had a conversation on the way in and found out he loves mountain biking. And so then of course I've got someone else in our group who uh, is absolutely addicted to that. And so once I, obviously I'm not rude, I'm still getting to know him, but after about three minutes I said, Hey, I'd love to introduce you uh, to Warren. He's in our church. He loves um, mountain biking. And then I kind of go, Hey, Hey, follow me. And then I would just said, Hey, um, this is Warren. They'd shake hands and I'd say, Hey, Warren and just um, I'd do one sentence about, hey, he's new to our church. He, he works here. He loves mountain biking. And then I'd and then i kind of be in that conversation for a little bit. And to yep. be honest, then after about 30 to 45 seconds, I then just naturally out. back out and they're yep. talking and connecting.
1: Yeah. And even just a, a, a good phrase to reverse out of the conversation is, hey, guys, I'm going to let you chat. I, I yes. did, but I want to go and say hello to somebody else. So that, that it's not like you just slip away. You make it obvious. Yes. I, I love to do that. I love to uh, help people avoid having um 10 people ask them 20 questions so Mm. if i'm introducing someone to you i go hey dan here's here's harry harry's been coming to our church for six months he's been saved for for 10 years Um, he works at the uh, at the local council uh, Mm. and he's a lawyer and uh you know i I know he loves footy and so i thought you guys would get on really well so just sort of breaks the ice in that moment and helping make that connection. Yes. And I think that's I think all of those things and next time we'll talk a bit more about so this is all the the organic now it feels organic it feels spontaneous but when mm. you're the leader you're thinking it through. Yes. So it might be that before we move into a lounge room, we're going to all stand around the, the kitchen bench for a while having having drinks and coffee yep. and food or or whatever it is or or we're going to be in a particular room. And so there's there, you're thinking about that. You're, you're thinking about how's the food going to be served. You're thinking about the atmosphere before yeah. you move into what be what what probably is the more formal part where you start with icebreakers and we'll talk about that next time, or where you start with conversations that open people up or facilitate a group discussion. but all of that stuff, it's so important mm. because it, I think if that goes well, you've got a really good chance that people are going to continue to come to that group because they feel like it's a hospitable environment. <laughs>
0: What a great revelation. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and I'd encourage you to reflect what's one thing you want to take away from this and apply in your leadership. God bless you and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode and we pray that you've been inspired and equipped in your leadership journey. Let us know your thoughts by leaving us a review on whatever platform you are listening on today. You can connect with John on Instagram at john underscore Pierce. We hope you can join us for our next episode of the Brilliant Disciple Makers podcast.